into the contest. It is Thursday, the 21st of July. Welcome to Afternoon Sport. Tim Gilbert here. How are you, Shane Lee? I'm well, Timmy. I believe you've been to a what I, what I would term a major sporting event. Yeah, Manchester United and um, Crystal Palace at the MCG, 76,000 people. Boy, oh boy, isn't it amazing when you step into that different sphere of sport, uh, to that different level, the pace, the class, mm. I mean... Some of these players are on eighty million pounds a year. Well, wow. so you'd expect it, but it's just unbelievable. I think too, the football crowd's very different to, uh, say, an AFL and a career crowd. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And it was interesting actually to see a couple of these guys because they hate each other. These clubs, and you, if you <laughs> go to the, the games over there, you'd never see them with supporters sitting anywhere near each other. But uh, on a couple of occasions, um, my son and my nephew were with us uh, got a, a very uh, interesting introduction to some of the hatred, internal hatred in, in Premier League. <laughs> These guys were just having a crack at each other. We've got a big program on the way today. Ben Stokes, speaking of England, um, look, what does his retirement say about international cricket and in the calendar? It's, uh, it's an interesting one. This tennis feud um, is off its head. And in the AFL, Lee Adams at North Melbourne says, well, if you don't like me, I'll walk. If you're ready for your next thoroughbred racing adventure, then join the Osher Group. They exceed expectations on what racehorse ownership should look like. Australia's racing industry is enjoying unprecedented growth. Through a strategic, well-managed and data-driven approach, there is now a very real opportunity to build a profitable and sustainable thoroughbred portfolio. Find the Osher Group online at theoshergroup.com. So, look, there's this talk uh, about what the Ben Stokes retirement means from one-day cricket, but um, I know that you and Chris had a, a discussion yesterday, but what about the wider scope of the calendar and how much cricket is played? It's it's unsustainable, isn't it? Because you, you've got the IPL, which is obviously an enormous carrot, enormous financial carrot, and the mm. players all want to go to it. You, and you've got their own international schedules. You've, it's just, there's so much of it. There's so much, Timmy. And look, we've talked about that on this show a number of times, saying that, unfortunately, I think one day cricket eventually will have to go. But here's mm. the problem you've got. The broadcasters pay the money. When you have a one-day series, 50-over cricket, you're generally playing for what six-hour uh, match. Um, that means there's 36 hours of cricket on TV. There's 100 ad breaks. You know, over the six days, that's 600 ad breaks that they're going to now lose revenue from, um, plus your pre and post. It's it's a big, big um, hole to fill, hence why they're trying to jam as much cricket into the, into the schedule as possible. We're still seeing remarkable crickets come through, though, aren't we? Uh, what about yeah. this uh, batsman with Pakistan, Abdullah Shafiq? Uh, he's a 22-year-old, and this was just superb. Well, the thing I found this really interesting, he's a 22-year-old. He's, he's growing up in this whole new world of T20 cricket. And he scored 160 not out in the fourth innings of 408 balls and only hit eight boundaries, Ooh. which is amazing. And as, as I said, like all these kids are brought up to, to smack the ball to all parts of the ground with these big heavy bats, um, smaller outfields. And he had the patience um, to go on and, and record the third highest ever score by a Pakistani in the fourth innings. An amazing effort to chase down 342. 
Oh, yeah, absolutely. And to show the versatility of um, yep. him as a cricketer, we saw Rishabh Punt uh, out here a couple of seasons ago um, do do the opposite in the sense of uh, mm. played 2020 cricket in Test Match and, and, and to Australia's detriment. Um, what about this feud in tennis? Look, everyone was having a crack at Nick Kyrgios at Wimbledon. This fades into... Um, you know, insignificance compared to these two blokes, Fabio Fonini and um, Slovenian Ajaz Badini at the German Open in Hamburg. The the the, the chair umpire must have thought he was uh, at the Rumble in the Jungle. <laughs> well, very close to it because well, Fognini won six three three six seven six, and they were basically um, Fognini was saying that um, Badini was pointing out. Uh, spots on the clay where the ball hadn't landed mm. um, and basically saying he was cheating or trying to hoodwink the, the the chair umpire. Well, they came to blows in the middle of the actual tennis court and, and the chair umpire had to get off his seat, come down and pull him apart. So it's uh, you don't normally see this in tennis, but... Uh, yeah, it's, it's putting uh, Nick Kyrgios to shame. Yeah, it's making Nick look like a <laughs> like the best behaved boy on the circuit. Church mouse. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> now, you look like a jerk. Norman, Greg Norman. This is getting ugly, this whole thing in and around the, the live. Um, you know, who's going to go and play, which commentators are leaving to go and commentate. And, and obviously the $130 million rumour around uh, Cameron Smith. I mean, if I was Cameron Smith, um, <laughs> like not. I don't know what you think, but look at his age and where he's at. Um, what's to stop him from taking the money? It's a lot of money. Well, the way that he answered the question after um, he won the British Open and the first question from a journalist was, will you, will you be going to the LIV? And he got a bit upset with that question, but he didn't actually say no. So uh, look, Donald Trump's come out and said, take the cash. <laughs> so if you've got the Ooh. former president of the United States saying, take it, it's pretty hard to turn down a $130 million sign-on. That's before he starts to win tournaments. And the thing is, Shane, we've seen it here in Australia with the Super League. We saw yep. it with World Series cricket. Um, these kinds of things have a habit of coming back together, don't they? So yep. the ones that usually regret the whole thing are the ones that don't take the money in the first place. And thinking, oh, I should have taken that because we're all doing the same thing anyway. Well, the the, the great white one wood, as we call him, uh, Greg Norman's really doubling mm. down here and having a go personally at the PGA Commissioner, Jay Monaghan. Uh, mm. Calling him a look, you look like a jerk. He's saying, and, and commentator um, um, Brandel Chambly that he's having a go at him, saying, "Look, he's never done anything in golf apart from talk about it. He's never built a golf course. He's never been to the Middle East." He says he doesn't get it, and he said they haven't even given me the respect to sit down and negotiate. And he said they're going to regret it. So, yeah, Norman really up up in the ante on the um, on the PGA. Yeah, he's having a crack now. Now, mm. one of the big stories, of course, of um, oh, the last decade, I suppose. Um, is is the downfall, the demise of hot chips. Now, Shane, <laughs> when, when you think of going to sporting events, meat pies and hot chips are essential. And the mounting prices, the mounting cost of living is having a detrimental effect on, on the wonderful hot sliced potato, my friend. Well, I think we were saying a few weeks ago, if, you, if you're a young bloke going out in the circuit and uh, you want to pick up a girl, you say you're a lettuce farmer because <laughs> that was so that's rich. Just a, that's just the tip of the iceberg. <laughs> Boom. And, um, mm. yeah, well, well, potatoes have gone up 30%. So, look, I don't know, Timmy, I'd pay 100% extra to get a bucket of chips at the footy. Mm. What, if it had to come down to a bucket of chips or a pie, what, what are you choosing? Both. 
No, no, I, 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 I must admit I would have to go the pie. Um, and really? Yeah, the Villies pies have been, obviously, I love Villies pies. I was doing a function, I don't know if I told you about this one, but I was doing a function for one of the footy clubs and uh, and this guy came up to me and goes, Tim, I just want to say thank you. He goes, what for? Because it was during that period of the Today Show and, and every show I'd be talking about pie eating. And he goes, mate, we're from Villies pies. You've been our greatest advertiser. We want to send you some pies. And I said, oh, no, please send a couple... Uh, a couple to my dad, so uh, you know, a dozen pies ended up at my dad's place. <laughs> oh, I love a hot pie. Yeah, I'm no, as big as one. Oh well, mate, for me it's a bucket of chips, mate. Mm. The, the really crisp, hot chips with had plenty of salt and a little bit of vinegar on top. Uh, hard to beat. Yeah, well, one man's meat's anyway. another man's poison. Shana, uh, stay with us. We've got all the AFL, the NRL, and much, much more. Well, North Melbourne coach, uh, the caretaker coach, Lee Adams, he, he's basically put it on the line. He, he said, okay, if, 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 I, if I suit the place, if you like me, I will stay. But if you don't, I'm happy just to go out that door. Easy. Well, I'm not sure Lee Adams has a say in it, does he really? If, if, if the report comes back and says they want to uh, transform their whole coaching department, which, which I dare mm. say they will, he will go anyway. So he won't be walking. He'll be asked to leave. Um, it's a yeah. shame. Look, he's come back and the, the team bounced back last week and had, had a good win. After struggling all season, I don't know the guy personally. I don't know what he stands for and how different his coaching methods would be to David Noble. But I dare say they'll have a whole clean out of that coaching department. The new coach will bring in his team and, and Lee Adams won't be one of them. Yeah, yeah, they're not mighty at the moment, are they? And uh, I, mean, no. I know that we've spoken to Corey McKerner and others, other great North Melbourne Premiership players. And, uh, you know, they, they had flickers of confidence and, you know, you know, enthusiasm over the past couple of years, but nothing of any uh, great significance to really believe that they're going to be a, a team to compete. And, and, you know, this is a club that's, uh, done so much, had amazing eras. Now, um, speaking about amazing eras, um, Richmond, mm. uh, it's been a modern era for them and, and some dramas with the umpires. Well, I find it's difficult to stomach, actually, how a, a, mm. a club can go out and actually address the AFL umpires alone, um, particularly about the saying about the treatment of their co-captain, Toby Nankervis. Um, he has 49 um, uh, free kicks against him as Ruckman, which mm. is nine more than any other Ruckman. I think Essendon's Ruckman is uh, number two. But they're saying that he hasn't been treated fairly. Well, I don't know about this. Like, maybe stop giving free kicks away. Yeah, well, it'd start. It'd be a nice start. Yeah. Uh, look, I... I had a really interesting night, a great night last night, and felt terribly honoured to host the Dragons team of the century. Now, you're you're a big St George mm. fan, and uh, you know John Howard was there, of course, their number one supporter, and just such a brand in Australian sport. And Roy Masters, their former coach, and of course, esteemed journalist, was the the chairman of selectors. Uh, they broke it down into six eras through the through you know nineteen twenty one the pioneers and and obviously they had the team of the uh, of that era that won eleven in a row when they came down to the team of the century uh, what a team you know Langlands King Lumsden Gaznia Gaznia it was quite quite extraordinary yeah very very good team and and Mark Gaznia being the only modern player to be included in that which is a great honour for him to be paired with his uncle Reg in the centres. Um, Craig Young, who was always a, a real leader, um, yeah, great and Rod Reddy too, is who's still kicking about. 
Um, but yeah, just a really good team. Billy Wilson, Billy Smith, you know, Brian Clay, some absolute legends, not only of St. George, but of the game. Yeah, well, sort of, and, and it was a great reflection of the past and how good they were. Like Ian Walsh, the great Ian Walsh, who was named on the bench. This is a guy that captained Australia. He said about Brian Popper Clay, he said he would, Wally Lewis wouldn't have held a candle to his strength wow. because, uh, so yeah, an amazing, amazing footy brand, amazing sporting brand in this mm. country. Now, to more contemporary matters, um, Benji Marshall will obviously is taking this coaching gig at West Tigers uh, very, very seriously. He's quit all his. Uh, jobs in the media um, and you know he's off to be taught by Tim Sheens for a couple of years and then he puts the big hat on yeah well it definitely shows where Benji Marshall wants to be I know he's put the um, Triple M in particular and Fox have invested quite a bit of money in him and he's just going nah I'm out Um, so coaching's where he wants to be and good on him for making that decision quite quickly actually Um, look I think he'll be a very very good coach he was always he's a very he's very much a people person Um, I think he understands the roles not only outside of what he did, but the the roles of the of his teammates, and I think he'll be a really good coach. Do you think there's a chance he might knock on their door again at some point? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> captain coach, one. captain coach. <laughs> oh yeah, but it's like uh, you know, I, I think you'll be good as well. Um, but sometimes uh, getting it, uh, getting a coaching career going, um, you might need a, a job or two in between mm. because it takes a few uh, false starts. But we we do wish him all the very best. Uh, the the wonderful Benji Marshall. Now Wayne Bennett, there seems to be a succession plan. Well, ben, Wayne's now um, into his early seventies, uh, and, and like Tim Sheens, you know, like anyone of that age, you've got to use by date as a, as a football. coach. Coach, don't you? So they've got a, a bit of a succession plan with Christian Wolf um, when the Dolphins get going. Yeah, well, the Dolphins have got their coaching sorted out after 2025 and beyond. Um, they just need to get the team on, on the paddock now. But look, I think it's a good move. Look, Christian Wolf just um, won the Super League with St. Helens as coach. Uh, his family wants to move back to Australia. A great opportunity to take a two year apprenticeship under Wayne Bennett. And then when Wayne Bennett finishes his 50-year career, imagine that, 50 years in a job, mm. and then uh, and turns 75, Christian will take over. So um, a great opportunity for him and his family. Yeah, well, Wayne Bennett um, must have gone close when they when they were looking at the coach of uh, the team of the century for the Dragons, of course, took him to their last mm. premiership in 2010. But that ended up in the hands of Frank Burge, who is an immortal himself, of course, who, who really was one of those pioneering coaches with the Dragons. But... Um, you had a team of the century, didn't you? With with Mossman Cricket, of course, my brother was uh, one of the players there for a while, not obviously in, in first grade, but um, you had a wonderful uh, team culture. I, I don't know if it's still there, but when you guys got me in to host a couple of functions, <laughs> you could feel what was going on with the Whalers. Yeah, great club, and uh, I was very honoured to be selected in the team of the century. Um, I think it was around yeah. about 2005 was announced uh, for the 100-year celebration. Um, look, the, the team of the century, we had... Two Australian captains, Ian Craig, Alan Border. Um, so I was, I was lucky enough to be batting, I think, six in this team. But a good mate of mine and a former Australian all-rounder himself, David Fox Colley, was selected in the team. And Fox and I have been mates for years. Fox works in, worked in advertising, as I did. Um, Fox loves the beer, as I do. Uh, and Fox used to like chasing the girls, as I used to. Uh, so we're really good mates. And as we were named in this sort of fictitious team, Team of the Century, Fox just leant over to me and said, I hope we're rooming together, mate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love Fox, he's a legend. <laughs> That's it for Afternoon Sport today. Make sure you hit follow or subscribe wherever you listen. Big thank you to our sponsors. Fantastic sponsors, the Osha Group. And, of course, our wonderful producer, Dan McHugh. We're back tomorrow with your daily dose of sport. We'll see you then, guys. Take care. Building. 
Resilience Podcast. They play in different arenas, but sports and business have massive similarities. Elite athletes and top business leaders flourish through the physical and psychological demands their high-stress careers place on them. The Building Resilience Podcast explores the world of sport and deconstructs the tools and ethos of world-class athletes that can help us create growth and optimize business and life. Come find the Building Resilience Podcast on your favorite podcast app.